Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today we have on Nathan Berry of ConvertKit. He has kind of been a lifesaver for us in our business and we've seen radical, like crazy intense growth since we switched over. And today we're going to be talking a lot about email marketing. So Nathan, let's take a second and talk about what the heck you're building and (laughs) why you are an expert on all things email. Yeah. So I probably send more email than most people, you know, (laughs) together at ConvertKit, we send about 150 million emails every month. Um, So we've learned a little bit. (laughs) Such email. (laughs) Yeah. So what we're building is ConvertKit's an email marketing service for professional bloggers. So if you're trying to build an audience and then sell products to that audience, you know, serve that audience, then we want to build something just for you. And so my background's in that blogging world. And so I'm building the tool exactly for what I wanted. And and conveniently, we have 10,000 other bloggers who say, uh, yeah, we'll use that as well. So I guess I said, <laughs> conveniently, it's taken a little bit of time to get to that point. But yeah, we've we've got a lot of data from sending that many emails, watching the best practices across the industry. And for us, blogging is all about teaching and, and sharing all of that. So I'm happy to talk about any of the best practices we've learned. Yeah. yeah. So talk about marketing trends and what are you seeing happening in that space? Okay. Marketing trends. So that's a, a big question, but as it relates to email, let's Let's see. I think the biggest thing is that the content is always what matters. Everyone's looking for a little tactic or or they're looking for sending at a specific time or, hey, if I put emojis in my subject line, maybe that will get this other result. And it all comes back to the content. Like if you're putting, if you're telling great stories and teaching great information, actually hopefully combining the two right? The best people to learn from are the ones who can weave a narrative and a story through all of that. That's always what's going to win. And that's going to win, you know, on your blog, on Instagram, on your email, it's, it's going to win everywhere. And so I would put the majority of my time into that rather than in 
you know, little tactics or tricks. Well, and I think that's helpful to take away. And I, I also appreciate that you guys continue to use the word blogger in who you are building this for. It's straight up on your homepage of your website. And I think that I love that because a lot of people give themselves that title, but also don't equate it with needing to have an email list and needing to pay attention to their email marketing and growing that aspect. So can you kind of walk us through, I know you started as a blogger and you say you created this because you had a specific need for that, but how does it actually help grow a blog and be successful at that? Right. So a lot of people, when they start a blog, they might, you know, fire up that wordpress.com account or I don't know. Is Blogger still a thing? <laughs> I don't think so. I, I hope, hope not. not. Please don't be on Blogger. If you don't know what you're doing, at least try Squarespace or WordPress. <laughs> there we go. Uh, but people, you know, they fire up that that site and they write some articles and, you know, friends and family start to follow. And it's like, oh, this is great. You might get a little bit of traction. And then, you know, what happens from there? If you get someone to read your blog once or twice, that doesn't mean you have an audience. Mm-hmm. So when I started blogging, I was writing about everything that I was interested in. And that was like software design, programming. I, it, was, it was all kinds of topics. Designing iPhone apps. I, I have posts in there about computer security and, you know, all of my random nerdy topics. So um, nerdy. So <laughs> nerdy. <laughs> and I finally had this one post and it was titled, How I Made $19,000 on the App Store While Learning to Code. Ooh. So there's a little bit of a clickbait headline in there, right? Because you're like, <laughs> how am I $19,000 in the app store? Like, cool. Like, that would be worth reading. But then, like, well, learning to code, that adds a little hook to it. And that article just took off like crazy. Like, I think in one day, it got 30,000 people Holy reading. Holy shit. Like, it That's just w- went viral. There's a site called Hacker News, news.ycombinator.com, which is a big tech site. And it got the number one spot on that site. And stayed there for quite a while and just spread like crazy. And I went, oh, man, I have made it as a blogger. I have made it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I went from like, you know, a good day being 10 readers to in a two-bit day period getting 50,000 unique visitors. Wow. And so if you were to graph that out, like, sure, the next month might drop off a little bit. But like, I'm a blogger now. <laughs> I've made it. And exactly. But that's not what happened at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, if you graph it on Google Maps. It has this big spike, you know, for November, what is that? November, 2012, I think. And then if you were to hide that month and you're like October and December, guess what happened in November? There's like, you would be like, I don't know. It was the same, you know, (laughs) you got 200 visits. There's nothing in there to say like, oh, I bet you went viral. Because what happened is it was just a flash in the pan Mm -hmm. because everyone came to the site and went, hey, this is cool stuff. Love it. And how hard is it to remember like, oh yeah, that blog Mm -hmm. that I read something on two months ago, I should totally go check and see if they have new content. (laughs) And that just doesn't happen. Or you push like RSS or some, or follow me on Twitter and the engagement just isn't there. And so that's why, you know, since then I've had articles go viral and I've had email calls to action at the end and I've built up an actual tribe of people who are interested in what I'm teaching and who know about that. And then each time something happens, yes, there's a, a giant spike, most of it goes away, but you know, 3% of that or 5% of it, they stick around on an email list and they say, Hey, whenever you have something come out again, I'd like to hear about it. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes time to make sales or launch a book or anything like that, then you have people ready. Yeah. Because I think yeah. that goes straight into the concept of 
you are renting the people that come to your blog. You are renting the people that like you on Instagram, see you on Facebook, but you don't rent them when they're on your email list. All of a sudden, you own them. You own that list. I mean, you own them, but you own that list and that data. And that is super powerful in continuing that relationship. Yeah. So really, there's two sides of it. One is I need you to be following me or paying attention to me in some way that I can push you information. Mm-hmm. And so that could work on, right, if you're following me on Twitter, I can push you information, Instagram, RSS, any of these sources. But I still don't own that relationship because if you're friends with me on MySpace, which you should all be friends with me on MySpace, (laughs) you know, I don't own that relationship and MySpace goes away. And like, I'm sure there are a lot of people who built great audiences on MySpace, particularly uh, bands and music groups. And like, no one's saying like, oh, I made it because of MySpace or, you know, they had to rebuild that entire audience. Mm -hmm. And so with email, well, and I guess, you know, some people are like, well, Facebook will never go away. But if you look at what Facebook has done with their groups, and now it's like, hey, you posted this, we showed it to 5% of your fans. You're uh, welcome. But but for $100, we'll show Mm -hmm. it to the rest of your fans. Mm -hmm. You know, it turns into this pay to play. And you can't just say like, look, Facebook is dead. So I'm going to export and import to Twitter or whatever's next. You can't do that. But with email, you can say like, look, I'm tired of MailChimp. I'm going to export and import to ConvertKit. And if you become tired of us later, you can export and move on to the next big thing. Don't move. The, Don't move. Yeah, oh, you should never do that. <laughs> Talk about bad ideas. So you need a way to push content to people, but then you also need to own that relationship. And as far as I know, email is the only channel where you can actually really own that relationship. 100%. And you're not sharecropping on someone else's property. That's awesome. So how do you think someone goes, okay, I realize I need an email list. I'm starting to build it up. I'm doing this thing on my blog to gather emails, but how do I make what I'm putting out there effective? Like, do you have any ideas for getting higher open rates or improving your subject line? Or are there specific things that people should be paying attention to? Yeah. I'm going to go back to content a little bit. I see a lot of bloggers creating really generic content and they're aggregated. So Good content is going to drive a good subject line. You know, so using that, how I made $19,000 in the app store while learning to code, mm-hmm. you better leave that as an email, got good open rates mm-hmm. because it's compelling and it's catchy. There's a little bit of clickbait to it. So for me, that comes back to the idea of teach everything you know, which is a core philosophy. I have it behind me mm-hmm. on a We have there. it on our t-shirts. Yeah, I, I wore it for the last two days. I didn't change. <laughs> We'll send you another t-shirt so you can swap. (laughs) But a lot of people are saying, hey, you should do this thing because it works well. Or like, you know, I could have written an article of like how I had a successful app on the app store. And I could say like, yeah, I launched this app. It sold well. This is what I did. You could do it too. And that article is not going to go anywhere Mm -mm, because it lacks specifics and it's not teaching everything I know because I know the exact tactics that I use. And I know the exact results. And so many people are like, are very cagey about, well, I couldn't tell you how much money I made. That's, uh, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And so in that case, you know, I'm saying, Hey, I, I had this launch. It did well. And you have no idea if well is a hundred dollars. Yep. Cause I might be really happy a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars. Yep. Or you don't know if it's a hundred thousand dollars. And so too many bloggers are, and content creators are leaving out all the specifics and they're not willing to be vulnerable and they're not willing to to be a real person in mm-hmm. front of their audience, share all the details. hundred percent. And so the more you do that, not just with your wins, but also your failures and your struggles, the more people will trust you, the more they'll engage with your content. And the more you can write very truthful, but engaging, catchy, 
open rates. And if people know that you bring it with every single piece of content you put out, they're going to read all of it. Mm -hmm. I was talking to a blogger who has an insanely large email list and they're pulling off 40 to 50% open rates on a weekly email with an email list that's like ginormous. That is well into the hundreds of thousands of subscribers. Holy moly. And it's because they bring it with the content every single time. That's incredible. Well, I want to know who it is. Can you tell me? (laughs) He's like, I can't. Fine. Don't tell me. You're not teaching me anything. Gosh. (laughs) I can I can share my own information, but like that kind of thing of if you're known for delivering the value again and again, and so that's what I want people to focus on rather than like, well, if I send my email at seven a.m. versus nine a.m., then I might get this other thing. Or people always say, hey, can I A/B test subject lines? And you absolutely should do that. But once you have like twenty-five to fifty thousand subscribers. Mm-hmm. Like the people who ask me for features like that the most are the ones who have five hundred subscribers and. I'm like, let me teach you about this thing called statistics. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can't do that. Well, and I love that. And I love that y'all are putting into the features into ConvertKit that you actually know are going to make the difference in their growth and not the fluff. I think so many other providers, email or not, highlight those benefits that people think that they want, but they don't actually make a difference either until you reach a certain point or just who cares. And so I love that you guys are paying attention to that. I would love to hear, before we get into at least one of my favorite features that ConvertKit offers for that specificness that we're looking for, that we don't really know that we need yet, is who is ConvertKit? When is someone absolutely ready to join ConvertKit? Is it from day one? Because it's a paid for service. There's a free trial, but it's paid. So that's scary for a lot of new business owners or business owners with smaller lists. And we, like a lot of other people, stuck around on MailChimp for probably too long than we should have. And we finally made that transition. And it was like the sky opened up to us and possibilities were endless and our lives were made a lot easier. But we didn't necessarily know that we needed that until we were there. Right. So I guess to start off, we recommend to a lot of people to sign up with MailChimp. Like people come to us and they say, hey, I'd love to use you, but you're too expensive. Or you know, any of those other reasons. And we just say, great, go use MailChimp. They have yeah. a free plan, which usually they, they go like, wait, no, but I want to use convert, you know, and they <laughs> usually that tactic works pretty well. But we actually mean it that if you're not taking your content seriously enough, and if you're not setting out to really build an esta- and establish a blog and a voice online and an audience, that convert it's really not for you. Because mm-hmm. quite frankly, I don't want your support requests clogging up my customer support team's queue if you're not taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of tell our customers, hey, we have this agreement of we will take you seriously and we will help you all the way along if you're taking yourself seriously and your business seriously. I love so it. If you're at this hobbyist level and you're like, you know what? It's the new year. Let's make a new year's resolution to start a blog. We'll see how it goes. Then on that, go sign up for MailChimp. Mm-hmm. But if you're saying, you know what? I've been thinking about this for years. And a blog is something that's meaningful to me. I've been doing the research. I'm committed to it. I'm going to make sure that I make progress on it every day. So my resolution isn't to start a blog. It's to write 250 words a day, every single day for the entire year. Then hell yes, you should use ConvertKit. Mm -hmm. Because you want to be around people who have that same attitude and who have the same desires to grow and they're putting in that level of work. And then at that point, $29 a month, to start out, mm-hmm. it's not a big deal because you're taking it seriously. And we have so many customers with 200, 500, 1,000 subscribers 
who are making a great living from that. That's awesome. Because because that's what it takes when you take it really seriously. Mm-hmm. So I guess yeah, I- it has nothing to do with list size. It has everything to do with yep. how serious you are about your business. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. We do, I mean, we definitely started small, like, but then it was a year into it and we're like, oh, we're now talking to 10,000 people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, I got to take this seriously. I was sitting in a sporting arena the other night and it, my, my husband, he builds sports arenas. Like that's literally okay. his job. And I was like, how many people does this seat? And he was like, oh, like around 10,000. I was like, I could literally fill the room <laughs> with everyone on my mm-hmm. email list. And I started to kind of have like a panic. Attack. I was like, oh my God, that's a lot of people. And they all yep. signed up to hear from me. Like, mm-hmm. whoa, that's some major responsibility. I better be putting amazing stuff in their mm-hmm. email inbox because Lord knows if I sold out a concert, I better deliver some good stuff. <laughs> I don't know. It just, it freaks me out sometimes. Well, so I think even those 200 people yeah, just deliver amazing stuff. And I think for us, even before we were like, holy crap, there's 10K people on here. We need to be taking this seriously. The benefit that we saw from switching was when we wanted to talk to those people in different ways. And that the ease at which ConvertKit provides that, I could talk about it all day long because we, as you might remember, we strongly vetted who we were going to move to when we left ConvertKit. And we, or when we left MailChimp, sorry. When we were looking at everyone's website of the other top email providers and they kept saying, you can tag, you can segment, you can talk to certain people. We knew that MailChimp said that you could do that as well, but it didn't actually work and it didn't work in the way that we wanted it to. And so we were trying to pick up the phone with everyone who we wanted to switch to, to see, do you actually do this? And we were so proud that you guys did. And it was actually point A to point B, this is how it works. And so I think it was that specific, but I want to talk to just these five people or just these 300 people or people who did this certain behavior. And it's when we saw that that was an actual strategy and it made sense to do that is when we knew we needed to switch. So I would love to hear from you kind of that burst of the bubble of, Some people think that if I'm just talking to 20 people over here, that that's not going to go well for me. I need to just talk to everyone or my entire list all the time. And can you talk to us about why that might be beneficial for someone to kind of niche down who they're speaking to, even on their email list? Yeah. So using my own list as an example, on my blog, I just talk about the things that I'm interested in, which, you know, in the early days, that was random sporadic things. And then I narrowed it down to design and then like designing iPhone applications. And I built a whole audience around that. And then I got a lot more interested in marketing. And so I kind of started writing more and more about marketing. And so if I'm just sending stuff to this whole list, Mm -hmm. some people are interested in design, some are interested in marketing, and some are interested in both. But if I just have separate lists, like in MailChimp or any other tool, you know, you have this group over here and this group over here, and there's overlaps that you send. What happens if you want to send something to all of them? That's a problem. Because then some people will get the email twice, and that's that's not good. Oh, and you'll pay for those subscribers. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. well, minor detail. And so that was one of the first things that I wanted to solve when building ConvertKit is mm-hmm. I want to be able to know what everyone is interested in. One, because I asked them. But two, just based on their behavior. Hey, you've opted on my site. You've only opted in to marketing-related like in opt-in incentives or courses or things like that. So guess what? I'm only going to send you marketing stuff. Mm-hmm. 
but then I want it so that once you opt into something design related, it automatically adds you to those segments. One of the people who does this the best, I think, is a blogger and author named Chris Gillibo. And he's got a really large email list. He's actually probably the person who got me, who first taught me that, hey, you could be a professional blogger. So he has a special place in my heart. <laughs> but you know, he talks about starting a business. He talks about travel. He talks about how to, how to travel hack and how to fly for free. Yeah. I need exactly. to follow him. <laughs> <laughs> ChrisGillibo.com. But like, there's some people who are like, yeah, I don't really care about travel. And that's one of his biggest things. But they want to know all about how to start a business on the side. Or they want to know about book launches or public speaking or all the stuff that he does. And so he's actually neatly segmented his list so that, you know, if you sign up for his travel related stuff, you're getting an email every few days about travel stuff. Wow. And every so often he just sends out a main email and says, hey, this is all the stuff that I do. Click on one of these things if you want to get that as well. But he knows that out of a large audience of, you know, in the six figures of subscribers, People are interested in different things. And so he wants to cater to that rather than just saying like, nope, this is what I talk about. Mm -hmm. Deal with it. Mm -hmm. Which actually, I mean, there is a place for that as well. But yeah. I like this. Yeah. But the other thing that I really encourage people to do is to clean their lists. Yes. And Ooh. delete people. It yeah. hurts sometimes, but you got to do it. <laughs> the number, so if we were to go around bragging, the thing in the blogging world, the thing that you brag about, well, you, I guess you could brag about like, I did a six-figure launch or whatever. People are like, ooh, you're so amazing. <laughs> but the other thing that people brag about, whether on purpose or not, is like the size of their email list. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right? Because they're saying like, oh, I've got 50,000 subscribers. Or any number. Mm -hmm. Like getting a, getting a thousand people to listen to you on a regular basis is a huge accomplishment. But people always worry about the total number. And the number that I want people to focus on is the number of engaged subscribers. Mm -hmm. So take your open rate and multiply that by your total subscriber and optimize for that number instead. And so what that means is people who don't open your emails, remove them. Send them an email and say, hey, like, look, this relationship isn't working out. <laughs> I'm pouring all of this into the relationship. I'm here every night for you and you're just not paying any attention to me. Like, Should we break it's up? Not me, it's you. <laughs> um, I think it's time to break up. And they might, you know, some of them will come back and be like, no, 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 you know, I love you. I love your stuff. I just, I've been going through a rough time in my life and I haven't been able to make time for you, but I promise I will going forward. But if you focus on that engaged subscriber number, one, you'll have great open rates. You'll have a smaller tribe of people, but they'll really care about it. Rather than sending to 5,000 or 20,000 people and getting like 10% open rates mm -hmm. or 20% open rates. And people you know, want to blame that on so many things, but a lot of it comes down to like, there are people who signed up for your stuff three years ago. Who just who don't just want it. Yeah. Yeah. They moved on. Yeah. And they shut down that email account and <laughs> you're paying to send emails to someone who just doesn't care. The only time I would say it helps to keep lots of subscribers around is if you're trying to get a book deal and <laughs> someone who doesn't know better says, how big is your, your list? Oh, it's 50,000. Like, great. We'll write you a bigger book Check. for it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the time. Because they don't know anything. <laughs> Want to learn exactly step-by-step step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com jumpstart. 
including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. We really focused on as far as the segmenting, it's been super helpful in launching specific things because we were in solid launch mode for most of 2016. And that meant we had sales emails going out every two weeks. And if you didn't want to hear about it, I didn't want to lose you on my email list. So we really focused on, you know, building up a small list who signed up for a webinar and only emailing those people regarding the thing that was for sale. And so we weren't necessarily bugging everyone else. There might've been 500 or 700 people on that list. And they were definitely part of the bigger list too, but we didn't have to kill people with a constant launch effort if they didn't want to be involved. Because I think what you also learn also is not only are you, yes, speaking to the people who actually want to hear about it, but if you're sending it to your entire list and you're getting shit open rates and no one's clicking anything, you're going to convince yourself that maybe that product isn't that great. But if you were actually just talking to the people who wanted to hear about it and you had astronomically high open and click rates, then you know you're onto something great. I think that's so important. 
another tactic that I love to do is before I start a launch, I tell people, hey, I'm launching, you know, it's the last time I did this, it's been a little while, but I uh, was with my book Authority, which is about self-publishing and building an audience. And I said, look, for the next three weeks, this is all I'm going to be talking about because mm. I'm doing a launch. I'm going to be talking about this a lot. And you know what? I know a bunch of you aren't going to care about this. You're going to say, hey, I love your content, but like, look, I'm not going to buy anything from you right now. And I don't need like five emails over the next week. Like I'll pass. And so I just say like, hey, this is what's coming. There's going to be a ton of great educational value, but these are the topics, et cetera. If you don't want to get it, click here. Mm -hmm. And it's not opting out of the whole list. Behind the scenes in ConvertKit, what it's doing is when you click that link, it's adding a tag. And I think the tag in that case was like, not interested in authority. You know, it's the, the, the gist of the tag. Mm -hmm. And so then I just excluded them from all of those emails about the launch. And then, you know, we, after that, we carried on our regular Picked schedule. Program. I like that. And I'm sure you had a lot less unsubscribes because mm -hmm, of totally. using that. I like it. <laughs> well, I want to talk about also one of, I think one of the giant pushbacks that people have in switching over to ConvertKit and in letting go some of that control from their previous email provider, usually MailChimp, you guys, your emails aren't that pretty. Let's be honest. There are no templates. There are no sliders and borders and headers and whatever. You're able to make them if you all know how to do it. You can, but they do not come out of the box that way. Tell us why. Yeah, we just don't like beautiful things. <laughs> That's not no. true. That's not true. The user interface is pretty dang okay with me. Yeah, so my entire background is in design. And so people always ask me, like, you care so much about design and it comes through all throughout the product. Why don't you have beautiful email templates, which is like a strong selling point of MailChimp and campaign monitors yeah. and those tools. And, you know, I would say like, you know, I love design, but I also love money. And <laughs> I love results. And I love engagement. And we just ran all of these tests and we found again and again that beautiful email templates performed worse than emails written by a human. And so I see this trend over and over again where people are like, someone told me I should start an email list or I should email my customers. Great. Okay. So I'm going to spend, you know, I need to get it done by Friday. You know, I told my boss I'd have it done by the end of the week or whatever. I have this amount of time. So I'm going to spend all week designing the template, getting the logo in place. You know, I've got this multi-column thing. I've got all these little pieces to get in place. And then, you know, you get to like Friday at 2 p.m. and you're like, shoot, I'm supposed to send this in a couple hours. I guess it's time to write the content. Mm -hmm. And you save the only thing that matters to write at the very end. And because you're, you're worried about getting the look right. And it's just so backwards. And so I want people to spend, you know, 90 or 99% of their time on the message and the content and delivering value there. And then one or 5% of your time on the appearance of it. Because mm -hmm. I also wanted to come across like one advantage that we have as content creators and bloggers and, and small business owners is that we're humans. And so we shouldn't go out of our way to pretend to be a massive corporation and try to look really official. I love it. And so just write it as if I opened up Gmail mm -hmm. and I just said, hey, Abby, today I'd like to teach you about how to build an audience. Or today I'd like, you know, and then later I happen to go in and I swap out Abby and for, <laughs> you know, something that fills in the first name, but that personal approach makes all the difference. And you should, you know, format your emails, include, include images, but yeah, I just see better engagement over and over again. If you yeah. write like a human. 
Yeah, this was my personal major hesitation. Like my background's in design. I was a graphic designer corporate. I designed emails for large corporations. I was like, why can't I have an email template? (laughs) And the big thing that I think really struck me when we did make the switch is, A, I didn't have time to make a template. So I was like, well, if they don't have it, we're just going to roll with the flow. But then it was working. And I think the thing that we let go that I'm so glad it helped us not only talk more freely from our personal like voice, but it also gave more focus to our email because previously, because it was formatted, there was like a main message. And then there was like 14 things to click on Mm -hmm. where you could like read all the recent posts or like it was a hot mess Instagram or like go to the blog or look at our uh, how to hire us page. What were we doing? No wonder emails weren't effective. Mm -hmm. Nobody knew what to click on. They didn't know where to go. And so now we can have an email with one idea running throughout the whole thing. And if they click on it, it's because they did the one thing we asked them to do throughout the entire email. Mm -hmm. We got smarter. (laughs) Well, you got a lot more clear. Yes. Yes. And clear and direct. And for anyone who studied copywriting, that matters so much. You go into an email or into anything and you're saying, what's the desired outcome that I want someone to do? I want them to click on this one thing. I don't want them, you know, it's not a whole range of things. It's not a digest. It's not, I don't want them to read this and follow me on social and share the article and everything else. It's just get really clear. I want you to do this. And then after that, that has another step to it. Another aspect of it is deliverability. Mm-hmm. So as you said, it encourages people to send emails that are focused, that aren't more of those like really busy digest styles. As I was listening, I heard you list off like probably 10 to 15 or more different links in that email. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one red flag for for spamming <laughs> is the number of links in an email, right? Because computers aren't, they try to be smart, but they're not that smart. They're looking for, hey, what do spam emails have in common? A lot of them have a lot of links. And so we had a customer who's had an email that was going to spam. And one way that we break it down, like it's not rocket science. You can try to figure out why it's going to spam in Gmail. And so I took the email and started to break it apart because sometimes it'll be, this gets into the nitty gritty of, of deliverability and I don't know how much you want to do that, but I'll be quick. But as you break apart this email, you want to know, is it certain words? Is it like, what, what can we test? Because I've seen emails go to spam because a phone number is at the end and that's what's flagged. Mm. So what you do is you split the email in half and you send that to your test inboxes and see which one goes to spam and which one doesn't. When what I was so confused on is this one was always going to spam. Like I, the main one would, would go to spam, but I split it in half and the two individually would not. So I'm like, that's weird because usually one of them will and then I can narrow it down right. there. But what I found is this was a digest email that had 10 different links to different pieces of content. And then he had social share links at the bottom, which were another six or seven links. And it had about a total of 15 or 20 links. And what I found was I could swap those links out for other things. Or if I kept all the content the same, but removed the links, it would get delivered. And so there's just all these random things. The more, basically, the more you write like a human. Mm-hmm the less likely you are to go to spam or to get caught up in one of these little spam filters. And so it was interesting that the email template was one of the things that made a switch for you in 
it just cut down the number of links that you put in an email. 100%. Which improved your deliverability. <laughs> and not only did it make us, force us to do that, but we did have deliverability problems mm-hmm. previously. We were ending up in spam folders and trash cans and all of these things. And then all of a sudden we were ending up in people's primary mm-hmm. inbox mm-hmm. on a regular basis. In fact, when we switched, we had some people email us complaining because they forgot they were on our list because we had been in their spam folder for so long. They didn't think they subscribed. Yeah. So that was it was fun. a big problem. But I mean, obviously we moved on. We like <laughs> came across on the other side, learning a lot about what not to do. Mm-hmm. But we were just young little biz babies. We didn't know. <laughs> yeah, and it, it can get so complicated. There's so much nuance to it. That, yes. I mean, it's certainly more than I expected getting into uh, starting an email marketing company. I want to spend the next like 10 or so minutes kind of switching gears to talk a little bit more about behind the scenes of ConvertKit. And y'all have grown like ridiculous and it's gone like bananas. We've seen the growth in just people talking about it, people sign up. And I would love to hear kind of with that comes a lot of growing pains and a lot of issues. And there were definitely some hiccups in the road, but I think that you guys have handled it so well. And so I want to kind of walk through was were some of the decisions that you guys made to help moderate that very intentional or did they happen on accident that like the Facebook group, for example, or just some of the the t-shirts, some of the ways that you've handled things like this, did they just add icing on the cake or, and they just happened or what was kind of the thought process behind those things? Yeah. So we've always had this company philosophy that was only about maybe four or five months ago that we actually were able to articulate it clearly into like one of our core values. And that's just that existing customers matter more than new customers. And so when you look at it, things from that perspective, like, you know, we, we need new customers so that we can pay our bills and some customers cancel and they need to be replaced. But if we have that philosophy of focusing on the existing customers, they'll take care of the growth for us. And so then we always have to make that decision, right? We have this big account that we can sell, they just need this one feature before they'll sign up, you know, and that could be a thousand dollar a month account. Or we have these other issues that are affecting, you know, 50 existing customers, which one do you prioritize more? Mm-hmm. Or even if it's affecting five existing customers. And that's a hard business decision when you're trying to grow. But then if you put this core value in place of like, look, existing customers matter more, then it becomes an easy decision. Cause then you say to that, that new person, like, we'd love to be able to ship that out and build that. And we think we can, we just can't right now Mm -hmm. because our existing customers matter more. And when you play that out further, a new customer says, well, could I sign up? Cause I really want to be an existing customer, (laughs) you know, but that has us focusing on things like getting our customers to talk to each other in the Facebook group, Mm -hmm. even when that goes poorly. Right. Because if there's a problem, which there have plenty of problems, then it gets magnified even more. Right. And someone who that problem doesn't affect, they're now like, they're freaking out because there was a post in the Facebook group and someone's like, oh, it probably affects me. And if you're not careful, it can spiral out of control. So we, we've learned some hard lessons there as well. Because in the past, there were some problems that affected a small number of people. And we're like, it's not a big deal. We shouldn't send out an email to everyone saying like, hey, this is a problem affecting 10% of our customers and then alarming 90%. And we screwed up a few times because there are times that we definitely should have sent that out. And so... 
another time we we sent out an email like we had a small issue we sent sent out an email to everyone said this is an issue and then like four hours later three hours later you know because it wasn't full downtime or anything like that but we sent out another email and said the issue is resolved and we, we didn't get anyone saying like oh you're cluttering my inbox or anything like that they just said hey thanks for keeping us posted yeah and that like i wish we'd gotten that lesson right from the beginning and we, yeah we, yeah well, I stole your Facebook support strategy and told it to another small business. I I won't call them out on here, but I, I ordered something from a small business and there were like growing pains that resulted in delay after delay after delay of me getting what I ordered. And I mean, we're talking like months now. And they sent us an email, sent everyone an email like, hey, we should have been more on top of this. We should have told you these things sooner. We recognize that now we're going to do better. They posted their cell phone number in their email. Like, if you want to bitch about it, call me. Like, I will hear your complaints. We will get this figured out. If you want to cancel, call me. And so I replied back and I'm like, I'm not going to call you, but maybe you can do a Facebook group or some sort of behind the scenes, shoot some pictures of your distribution centers, shoot some pictures of you on the phone with support. Let people know, not necessarily minute by minute updates, but something similar to that, just so we feel more involved. And so we know what's going on. I said, like ConvertKit does, (laughs) they started doing this Facebook group for their team members and people interested and it's been super helpful. And so I don't know if they'll do it, but I think it was a very smart decision of y'all. Yeah, and we hope to keep doing a lot more of that and keep doing, you know, weekly workshops and yeah. and more things. And then it plays out on the blog as well. So when we try to when we learn something, we try to teach it. Mm-hmm. And then we have another core value. We have a few. <laughs> but the with the posters behind me say create every day, teach everything you know. And but the last one is work in public. And so I think that gets a lot into what you're just saying of if I'm doing this work, I can then later teach you about it. Like mm-hmm. this is how we built a email marketing company to 10,000 customers, <laughs> you know, but that's like an after the fact thing or <laughs> along the way somewhat. But instead I could be in the Facebook group and I could say, Hey guys, this, this is what we're doing. It's really exciting. Celebrate it. Or this is what we're doing. This is where we're struggling. I'm sorry that we're letting you down in this area, but instead of hiding it, I'm going to just talk about it and be upfront and, mm-hmm let you know that we see it and we're working on it. And honestly, we should do a lot more of that. Yeah, I think that level of transparency it, for us, like, cause we came on board, I feel like right before you just went crazy. Before and shit so hit we the we experienced fan. a lot of, <laughs> yeah, basically. And I feel like we experienced a lot of the ups and downs, but because your core values were evident in your business and whatever, like, we were like, we so agree with how you run your business that we are willing to give up a little bit sometimes from time mm-hmm. to time when we when shit hits the fan. <laughs> we're willing to stick it out because mm-hmm. we believe in that mentality and like we're supporting you through that and we know you're going to work it out and we know it's only going to get better. And so I think the fact that you wear those on your sleeve mm-hmm. and you're super open about them has only been to your benefit. 100%. It's good to hear. (laughs) So, and I'm wondering if those values or that current customers matter more lead into why your affiliate program is the best affiliate program (laughs) I have ever come across ever in the entire online industry. We talk about it, like sign up just to sign up for the affiliate program because it's that amazing. Yeah, we just, so the affiliate program is you get a 30% recurring commission on every customer that you send in. 
every month. Particular. Every month, no matter the size. And as the account grows, your, your commission grows as well. We had someone refer like a fairly popular author, you know, and so the, this lady, you know, provides not like VA services, but, but along those lines of like, you know, business management services to different authors. And she referred this popular author and, you know, the commission on that is like $500 a month, wow. like just on that one account, you know, and so you see people referring the small accounts for $9 a month or the big accounts for hundreds. And it just comes down to, we're trying to meet a lot more people. We're trying to get into the little niches and blocking that we haven't even heard of. And our customers are the best ones to find that for us. Mm -hmm. um, so that's been a big part of our strategy. And it's a great way, it helps us focus on existing customers, right? Because if we're just focusing on existing customers and we're totally inward focused, then we might not grow and growth is amazing and it lets us do all kinds of cool things like i have a thousand create every day and teach everything you know t-shirts sitting in a warehouse in mm -hmm. chicago that i give away for free to all customers because like we grew this year and so now placing a ten thousand dollar t-shirt order mm -hmm. is not that big of a deal but because i, I guess what, I, what i'm saying is if we focus inward on the existing customers we need a way for to help them spread the message and, and for them to go out and get new customers. And so the affiliate program has been really, really powerful for that. That's awesome. How, how much, what person, I don't know if you can tell me this, but I'm going to ask anyway. I, I will tell you just about anything you want. Uh, what percentage of your overall customer base is referrals? I know roughly from a revenue perspective. Okay. Okay. So as part of teach everything, you know, we're public about yes. all of our numbers. So we currently make $479,000 a month. And of that, just over 120,000 came in through our affiliate program. Wow. So in the last 30 days, we paid out, I think the number is like 42 or 43,000 to affiliates. Our biggest affiliate happens to publish his income reports. So I can say who that is. And that's yeah. Pat Flynn. Yeah. Yep. I was just reading his income report. I think he made 12,000 from ConvertKit in the last yeah. month. Yeah, that's awesome. And then, you know, we have some other big affiliates, but like the long tail, we have a lot of people making in the 500 to a thousand a month range. Mm -hmm. And then really a lot at the, like, you know, 100 to 300, there's a lot of people there. And the other thing is bloggers love recurring revenue. Yes. <laughs> Holla. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you have these course launches, you have all these things uh -huh. going on. And just to say like, there's $250 a month uh -huh. in converted affiliate commissions that I'm just going to make every month consistently. So that's been fun because I love recurring revenue and it's hard to make as a blogger. And so to give a channel for that yeah. is something I like to enable. Well, and for us, it's been an opportunity to, we basically say our convert kit's free. Mm -hmm. Like we, I mean, yes, we pay for it. Like we send you, you charge your credit card every month, but yep. you pay us out mm -hmm. three or more times. And I'm hoping that continues to grow. Yeah, obviously. it will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you pay us out three times what we send you every month. So, and obviously if we foster those people and we help them along and they grow, then we're only going to, we're both benefiting mm -hmm. from that relationship. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I love about how it's structured, and I don't know if this was on purpose from the beginning, but it encourages people to really take care of and like shepherd the people that they refer. Yes. Because you're not in it for like a one-time hosting commission or something like that. Mm -hmm. You're like, no, I, as long as you use ConvertKit, I get paid. 
And so we see people starting their own Facebook groups or their own and doing their own training and, and all these other things to say, hey, I've referred 25 people to ConvertKit and now here's what I've created just for you. That's awesome. And that, that kind of thing works well because people, you know, take great care. Yeah. It feels much more like a community or a tribe. Yeah. Like with the larger customer base. A hundred percent. Well, and it goes perfectly in line with our business of teaching them how to do better at business. And that's a big part of it. And so I think it always falls back on, we agreed with your core values. They were in line with what we wanted to do in our business. So sold. Yeah, totally. So I want to jump into our next segment, which is hashtags talk strategy to me. And I want you to tell our listeners three to five things they can do right now to either start an email list or make their existing one better. All right. If you want to start an email list, you've got to start writing content. And so I would start by writing every single day. If you're serious about building anything online, you've got to create every day. I built most of my mini blocking empire when I was writing a thousand words a day for 650 days in a row. Like you do something like that, you'll get results. I guarantee Mm -hmm. it. Uh, My friend Sean McCabe talks about showing up every day for two years. Like if you're, if this is something you want to do, show up every day for two years and I guarantee you'll get results. So many people are like, I want to do this, uh, you know, and, but I worked on it for a month and it didn't work out. Uh And I'm like, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about it. Be consistent. (laughs) Show up. (laughs) Yep. So yeah, that's why I create every day is one of our core values. The other thing is, I guess, still on the content side, the next tactic would be to be vulnerable. Share the details behind the stories. Share the struggles. Don't just say like, look at me, I'm so awesome. (laughs) Um, I had these great wins. Also, talk about your losses. You know, talk about the area, the times that you didn't live up. Share, Share the numbers, share the details. So many people are like, oh, I couldn't share how much money I make online or something like that. That's too private. Actually, I had a friend of mine who, he was one of the people who inspired me to share numbers. And he had this interaction with his aunt years ago who had found his blog and was like, you can't share this stuff online. You can't share like, you know, what you make online. That's terrible. You know, it goes against everything in our culture. And he was just like, you're a teacher, right? And she's like, yeah. He goes, so did you know that if I go into the state of Illinois and go into their public database, all state employees' salaries are public? And she was like, what? And she goes, yeah. yeah. You know, you want to know in most states, you want to know what any teacher, police mm-hmm. officer, like it's all public. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he was like, you already have your salary online. You know, he searched her name in the database and there it was. Here you are. Uh, I know how much money you make. <laughs> yeah, and that's how it is in Idaho and you know where I live and it's that way in most states like mm-hmm. government budgets are public and so I would say it's not that scary of a mm-hmm. thing and people can learn along the way we you know. when we posted our income report we made it a blog post for last year and our audience ate that up I think it's very very important to kind of lift that curtain on how do people online make money and where does that come from so other people can start to kind of wrap their head around how it could work for them as well yeah totally and then I guess to, to reiterate two other things it'd be write like a human mm-hmm. so do those simple email templates, make it look like you just opened up Gmail and fired off an email to one person. And actually, I love writing that way because I know that if it's useful to one person, it's going to be useful to many. Yep. 
And you tend to put in like the little details that you might not broadcast in the world. And that's what makes such good content. Yep. Yeah. I think I I had one more, but I I can't remember. (laughs) Those are good. uh, We'll go with quit while you're ahead. How about that? Oh, nice. Yes. (laughs) I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here. I would love for you to share, obviously, convertkit.com, but where else can people see what you've got going on? Yeah. So I post all my random projects on Twitter and Instagram at Nathan Barry and Barry's with an A, B A R R Y. I'm on both of those channels. So if you want to see like my woodworking projects or, you know, all the other random <laughs> stuff that I do. And then if you ever want to dive into the behind the scenes of building ConvertKit, the fast growth, I'm public about all of that. And I've written those stories on my blog, which is just nathanberry.com. Awesome. Yeah. And if you want to reach out, nathan at convertkit.com is my email address. I'm pretty good at responding. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case anyone was wondering, he was the person who talked to us. He was the one who answered the customer service email Mm -hmm. and talked to us on the phone Mm -hmm. and convinced us to switch to ConvertKit. Mm -hmm. And if we can talk to the owner (laughs) of a company to get to switch, sold. Sold. Anyway, (laughs) Nathan's very open and honest. He's a incredible resource. And we are so glad he was on the podcast today. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.